0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1233.
1: Don't get it perfect, just get it done. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit
0: down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Green. Join me at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, this March 16th and 17th at the Orange County Fair and Events Center. I'll be the Celebrity Stage MC, conducting live interviews with past Cars Yacht guests including Adam Carolla, the Grand Marshal, Dave Kindig from Bitchin' Rides, Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, Mark Warman from Graveyard Cars, Mike Finnegan from Roadkill, Bogey from All Girls Garage, Big Mike, Import Tuner and Builder, and Lynn St. James, an iconic Race car driver. I hope I'll see you at the Classic Otter Show. For more information, go to theclassicottershow.com. That's theclassicottershow.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Finnegan. Hey, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Oh, yeah, let's do this. I'm ready.
0: All right. Mike Finnegan was born and raised in Southern California and heavily influenced by the vibrant surf. Snow skate music and car culture. He spent the last 15 years as an automotive journalist. The consummate do it yourselfer, Mike taught himself how to wrench, weld, fabricate and build engines so he could go racing. From lowered mini trucks to hot rods to overpowered drag boats, he has won national championships as both driver and crew chief of many drag boats. Today, he's the host of the TV show Roadkill on the YouTube channel and Motor Trend on Demand. His shop, Fitting in Speed and Marine, keeps busy creating and building dreams for himself and his clients. So, Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles and fast boats?
1: Sure. Uh, Let's see. Well, you you hit all the highlights. I'm from Southern California originally. Uh, I live in Georgia now for the last four years with my family. And, yeah, most days of the month I'm working on roadkill, which is the greatest job in the world. And when I'm not doing that, I have my own YouTube show on a channel called Finnegan's Garage, where viewers can basically hang out in my garage with me. And uh, they get an in-depth look of the things I'm working on on a daily basis. And then, uh, you know, when I can, I take them with me to the track. And uh, not always successfully, but we have a lot of fun. And I'm self-taught in terms of everything. So a lot of the stuff you'll see on my YouTube channel will be me learning as I go. So it's kind of fun.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Definitely. Most definitely. I've known about you forever. And I'll remind our listeners here, Mike and I are going to be at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa March 16th and 17th. I'll be the MC up on the celebrity stage. I'll get to be interviewing Mike along with about a dozen other TV celebrities. So if you're anywhere in the Los Angeles Orange County area in the middle of March, you need to join us at the Classic Auto Show. You can check it out on their website. Well, as we continue on your journey, Mike, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has some meaning for you in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Mike, take the wheel.
1: Oh, you know, I always like to think of things in terms of don't, don't get it perfect. Just get it done. Get it on the road. Go enjoy it. So most of the stuff people see me wrench on is, quote, unquote, unfinished. I usually don't get too deep into high-end paint jobs and custom upholstery and all that. I usually just, you know, I like the fabricating portion of building things, and once they're on the road and they do burnouts, at that point, I kind of move on.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. What's that old saying? Get her done. Just get it done. Yeah, lots of times trying to achieve perfection slows people down or any, Even worse, it stops them from going after a project and working on it and getting it somewhere, uh, much less completed. So I like that philosophy. Well, I want to go back in time here, Mike, and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy?
1: I don't ever think I gave it too much thought. I I never sat around and went, I'm a car guy. I just knew that I wanted to drive in the worst way possible. I was probably the first kid in line the day I turned 16 to get my driver's license. And all of it stems from watching television in the 80s. I grew up watching. The Dukes of Hazzard, Knight Rider, The 18 you know, all shows that had really cool, pivotal characters in them that had four wheels. So that was probably the start for me with television.
0: Well, you and I share something. I grew up in Southern California as well, down in the San Diego area. And I would imagine, like I said in your intro, the the culture down there, which is cars, of course, it's surf, skateboarding, bicycles, I mean, all the cool stuff, uh, go-karts, mini-bikes, all the things that you probably delved in like I did. It played a big part in in you growing up, but you're also involved in boats too. Where did that come into play?
1: Oh, that's all my dad's fault. When he got out of the service, I think right around 68 or 69, he was into water skiing and he had a little jet boat that he had bought from a guy in Belfair, California named Roger Wyman. And um, Roger Wyman built hand-built fiberglass boat holes with big block engines in them and jet pumps. Yeah. And so yep. growing up, I rode around in the back of this jet boat, pretty much sitting on top of the engine. There was not a lot of room in it. It was a four seater and the engine was open. It was exposed. It wasn't covered up. So I spent my whole youth every summer staring at a holly carburetor, staring at, you know, <laughs> headers, just staring at all that stuff and probably yeah. going deaf as a result. But I was always in love with boats, but it wasn't until about 2001, where I met a guy named Steve Brule, who actually drag raced boats. And he runs a dyno testing facility in Mira Loma, California called West Tech Performance. And I went in there once to... I think I went in there to photograph a story for a magazine I was working at. And I saw his drag boat sit in there and I asked him a 100 questions about it and he invited me to a drag boat race and that just ruined my life because i went once <laughs> got hooked and suddenly my boat wasn't fast enough wasn't light enough wasn't cool enough and i've sunk every spare dime i had and didn't have into trying to go quicker in a jet boat ultimately i think in 05 i won my first championship and worked on some other ones tuned some other ones to championships and just it's a passion of mine i love the sensation of speed on the water, because it's like nothing else on Earth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember as a kid going down to Mission Bay in San Diego and watching those hydroplanes race, just in awe. And a couple of neighbors had passes into the pits, go in there and look at the boats up close. And it's, it's absolutely incredible going fast. And I didn't know a lot about your journalism background. I think this is pretty cool, too. I'm wondering how many people just know you from your television and your, your boats and your cars, but you you were a journalist, serious journalist for a long time. Do you still do a lot of that?
1: Uh, not as much as I'd like to. There isn't nearly as much time to, to photograph or type anything anymore. These days, these days, everything I do is in front of a camera. But yeah, I, I went to college like most kids out of high school, and I didn't know why I was going other than I thought that was what you were supposed to do. And I went to community college for... God, probably six years before I met a guy at a car show, and he was walking around with a camera taking photos, and I asked what he did, and he said, this is what I do. I I write for magazines, I photograph cars, and I go write their stories, and I thought, there's a job. Okay, now I know why I've been going to college, and so I pestered this guy for months to just give me as many tips as he could of how to get my foot in the door, and he told me what classes to take, and I crammed like 17 or 18 units in the one semester got an associates in arts. That was it. I just applied for the first magazine job I wanted and I was lucky enough to get it. And that was right around two, that was right around 2000 and I was still writing for magazines. I was full-time employee at hot rod magazine when roadkill took off. And after about three, after about three years of working on hot rod magazine simultaneously while we were building roadkill, um, roadkill just kind of got out of hand and I, didn't have time to work on the magazine anymore and so i haven't done much journalism in years now as a result
0: well i think it's pretty darn cool awesome like so many young people going to college that don't have a clear direction i'm sure so glad i should say that you found yours well let's take a look at some of these roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge and a failure no doubt all your fame and fortune here has not come with a bit of a challenge or two maybe once in a while uh, nobody ever thinks about that or sees that when you're trying to build something as big as what you've built. But I would love for you to walk us through one of those things. Tell us what it taught you. That's the most important lesson from these things. And tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing was when you don't have a roadmap for what you're doing and you, you don't know what, you know, what is possible and what is not possible, it gets a little daunting. When someone hasn't done it before, and that's kind of how I felt about Roadkill, was what we were doing, nobody had really done before on YouTube that I was aware of. And so it was a little scary. At the time we launched Roadkill, we were all on Blackberries at the office. And we were sitting here. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. We were sitting here going, no way, no one's going to watch a 20-minute YouTube show about a road trip. You know, we were watching like 30-second-long cat videos, and guys doing burnouts in cars and things, you know, like yeah. YouTube, YouTube <laughs> was in its infancy back then. And so yep. we were all worried that what we were going to do was going to fail, which is why we didn't quit our jobs. You know, for the first three years <laughs> that we did roadkill, we were still working on hot rod magazine. And, um, luckily we were wrong. We were completely wrong. We did. We, we enjoyed it so much. We couldn't stop doing it when you're working nine to five Monday through Friday on a magazine and then telling your wife, I got to go this weekend. I got to go film this road trip for this thing. That's, doesn't make any money but trust me stick with it you know you you've got to yeah. just you know like I said you don't have a map you don't know what's possible but it feels good and it's a lot of fun so just keep doing it
0: well therein lies the importance of having a strong uh, partner in your life a spouse or whatever it might be but uh, kudos to you for for sticking with it because of course now as you see television challenge in some ways and more and more people going to YouTube as a source of entertainment and watching things and Who'd have thought? But I, I chuckle at the the BlackBerry comment. I remember back with those. There's probably some younger listeners going, what's that? Something you eat? Um, yeah, it's a little different time for sure. You kind of wonder what things are going to be like in 10 years. Pretty daunting, pretty cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. I want to take you back in your life a little bit here and ask you about your first really special vehicle. Now, this could be a car, truck, motorcycle, even a boat, but the first one that you finally got, worked really hard towards that really meant something for you, and and share a memory you have about that ride.
1: Uh, That would be my first car. I remember when I was 14, almost 15, I told my dad, I said, I I really want a car, I want to drive, and my dad said, okay, great, get a job, and I'm not sure if he thought I would actually do it or not, because I was really into sports when I was a kid. I played Soccer for eleven or twelve years straight, and and I don't think he thought I would do it, but I, I did. I I stopped playing sports, got a job bagging groceries down the street from our house. Saved up, I think I saved up like thirteen hundred bucks, and my dad said whatever I saved, he would match it. And then um, he and I went used car shopping for a couple of months before we finally settled on a car he was willing to put in his half of the money on. And it was a nineteen seventy six chevrolet camaro beige color three fifty with a four speed and um, I loved that car. I used to sit in my driveway and pretend to drive it because after buying the car, I couldn't afford the insurance on it, and so I would uh save up some money, get it insured for a few months, drive it, then run out of money again, and have to do that all over again, You'd have to and, park uh, it yeah wow yeah and uh and ultimately. And sadly, I totaled that car during a rainstorm, so I have a soft soft spot for it. I learned a lot about what not to do when driving in the rain as a result of owning that
0: car. No doubt. No doubt. Very cool story. I love the fact that your folks did what they did. There was a lot more meaning to that vehicle because you had to work your rear end off to earn the money. I think that's a tremendous thing that parents do, but it was kind of them to jump in and uh, offer some dough. My parents did the exact same thing with me. They said they'd match whatever I could come up with. So uh, yeah, I went to work and raised the money. And lo and behold, they had to write a check too. But it all worked out great. Is there a car that you've owned that you really wish you had back? That seller's more story in your life?
1: I had a 1997 Toyota Tacoma that when I was in college, I bought brand new, tore down to the frame rails, and modified with air suspension, a four link in the back. I channeled the body down over the frame rails, you know, shaved the door handles. I, I turned it into a mini truck, did a whole bunch of things too. And then ultimately my guy named Frank Recklin painted it with like 72 custom mixed house and colors paints. It was, had a tribal paint job. The thing was ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. Cool. It landed me my first journalism job, which was at mini truck and Magazine. They hired me because they saw the truck and they thought, well, even if you can't write or photograph, at least you're into them. So we'll, we'll teach you that stuff. And nice. so nice. that one, I absolutely loved that truck, but I kept getting pulled over in it by the same cop in Fullerton, California. And he kept writing me fix-it tickets for things I couldn't fix. Like I had, wow. I had shaved the front corner lights off the fenders to smooth them out. And I couldn't go back, you know, and uh and just some other things that I just I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I racked up over a thousand bucks in tickets on that truck. And fi- finally, I just was like, I, I can't even drive it. The thing is completely useless. So I traded it away for another one. That truck was bought and sold multiple times. And ultimately, somebody crashed it and totaled it. And there's pieces of it out there. Still, in a, in a running, driving truck, if you go to a car show and you see this one Tacoma there, you can see the graphics going up the firewall in, in the cowl of the truck. And the turbocharged four-cylinder is still there. But that's kind of all that remains of uh, my old mini truck.
0: Oh, gosh. What a cool story. What a shame that officer had to pick on you. I mean, you think, it's like, not like, well, I don't think you're out doing anything illegal. You're just driving around. But uh, really kind of a shame that he had to keep picking on you. It didn't, didn't seem very nice at all. Just a kid yes. who liked to work on cars.
1: I know. It, California is an interesting state because you can get away with a lot if you're driving an old hot rod or muscle car. But good God, yeah. you build... You build an import car or a mini truck and you better be on your best behavior because you're going to get hassled in that
0: state. Yeah, probably why they went after this uh, new exhaust law, which uh, hopefully SEMA is helping to uh, bring that back a bit. But uh, that's for a whole nother show, whole nother discussion. Don't get me started on the bureaucracies down in California. Ah! Anyway, let's move forward. I would love for you to share with our listeners a lot more about Two things. One is Finnegan Speed and Marine, the business that you have and what you're doing there. But of course, also what has you excited and fired up this year about roadkill?
1: Well, Finnegan Speed and Marine is a side hustle more than anything. It, it began as a rented shop in Santa Ana, California that I shared with my buddy Jeff. And the only way I could afford to go racing myself was to buy my own tools, teach myself how to do these things. And when I could, I would work on other people's stuff, you know, their boats, their, their, their cars, whatever. And so I invented the name Finnegan speed Marine because it sounded cool and reminded me of old school hot rod shops from the fifties and sixties. In the beginning, it was just a t-shirt and I would sling t-shirts to help buy racing fuel and nitrous and stuff. And now the shop technically isn't open to the public. It's in my home garage under my house. And, um, I use the name Finnegan Speed Marine to represent myself and same deal. I'm still slinging t-shirts and stuff to help pay for broken Hemis and, and stuff I need to fix to go race.
0: Yeah, I love it. You know, it's, it's great. I love sidepreneur businesses. Uh, obviously, you're a very hardworking guy. The fact that you had a full-time job as a journalist and then started this roadkill, uh, entrepreneur at heart and has made this into a, a really big su- success. So, uh, tell our listeners more about Roadkill. What they can expect to find uh, not only on your YouTube channel, but also, also of course, Motor Trend.
1: Well, Roadkill is still going strong. We're we're filming season eight right now, which is incredible to me. We're we're going to film our 100th episode this year. And wow! Congratulations! Yeah, It's yeah, incredible. Which, yeah, I'm super excited about that, and we have some really big, interesting builds planned for this season. That people will be able to watch on the Motor Trends channel, both on the internet and you know on their cable television sets. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're we're doing all kinds of things this year that I think people are going to love. That really kind of get back to the essence of what the show was when it first began. Yeah. Well, congratulations!
0: I, I this is hard work. I mean, doing all this stuff, it's just incredible. Uh, seasons number show one hundred. I mean, whoa. That's that's huge. Uh, I understand the work that goes into it, having just launched my own TV show last month. And yeah, there's a lot of work to this stuff. Uh, it doesn't just happen. There's a lot of people involved, a lot of commitment, a lot of time. So kudos to you and your team for what you're doing. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll make sure I put links on Mike's Cars Yeah show notes page so you can go and find Roadkill everywhere you can find it and watch it. I encourage you. I think you'll really like this show. I do. It's awesome. All right, Mike, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier plush and Berber custom floor mats, you'll also find... Cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah Podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right, Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more, where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MAV TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, FiOS by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Mike, here's a very introspective question for you. It might seem a little silly, but it kind of delves into how you think of yourself. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle, could be a car, could be a boat, I don't know. What would Mike be and why?
1: Oh, I would be an old school Chevrolet C30 square body 3 plus 3 crew cab. You know, something nice. Good styling, can tow anything, you know, very utilitarian, but you can, you can customize and modify to be cool
0: yeah I like that great answer. Love those. love those trucks. They're cool. All right. We're up to the lap what I call the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Ah, uh, buy tools, even if they're not a good ones.
0: Always buy tools, just keep buying tools. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to all your successes over the years?
1: Uh, I don't ever quit at all anyway.
0: There you go. Tenacity, persistence, uh, grit. That's all it takes. Just work hard and don't give up. How about a resource? There are incredible resources for us these days. Is there one in particular that's a go-to for you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It's a a hardware company called McMaster Car. And trust me, I'm endorsing them because I use it. I don't know anyone there. They're not paying me to say this, but they have the world's greatest website. Whether you need a short length of aluminum tubing, or you need a bolt with a certain shank length, their website has line art of every single thing they sell, which is a lot of things. And it will tell you anything you want to know about it. You want to know the tensile strength of a grade eight bolt with, you know, a half inch shank. You want to know the wall thickness of, you know, three inch tubing, you know, they have everything and they'll drop ship it to your house. Even if you live in the middle of nowhere, like me.
0: Yeah, it, McMaster car is insane. I mean, I remember the first time I found that. I was like a kid in a candy store. I was hours just going, oh, look at this, look at this. And I remember my wife walking in going, well, is that something you think you'd ever use? No, it's just cool. Look at they've They've got all this stuff here. It's like going into a hardware store and you're a kid walking yeah. through and seeing all the I, nails in the bucket.
1: <laughs> dude, I stare at the website even when I'm not shopping because I, I find out things yeah. I didn't know existed because of that website.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's an incredible resource. So those listeners that have not found it yet, check it out. I'll put a link on Mike's show notes page on the Car Show yeah website. Okay, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be?
1: Oh, anybody? Uh, anybody, know, yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, having a drink with Paul Newman. That would be cool. He's got stories. What
0: do you like about Paul?
1: I just like the idea of, uh, you know, he was a man's man who drove and wrenched and, uh, you know, turned out he acted, too. So I just think he got to drive some of the most legendary cars and motorcycles ever made. And I would love to hear the stories.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, past guest here, in fact, uh, Adam Carolla, who's going to be there at the Classic Otter Show with you and me, um, has one of his ex-Porsche race cars. And vintage races that car. But, uh, yeah, Paul Newman, kind of Steve McQueen-esque. I mean, he was pretty much a racer first and an actor second just so he could finance his racing. Uh, Incredible history with that guy. I I wish he was still around to talk to as well. How about a book, Mike? Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, you know what? There's a book. uh, I get a lot of questions from people that want to know how to build engines especially to go racing. And Mm -hmm. there's a book written by a couple of fellows that have a storied racing career in NHRA Pro Stock. And it's written by a couple of guys. uh, The last names are Rare and Morrison. And it's a book called Championship Engine Building. And in particular, if you're building a big block Chevy, it's it's written for you. But the lessons you can learn by reading that book, they, they apply to any internal combustion engine. So... Cool. Look that one
0: up. I don't think anybody's I don't think yeah, everyone no one has uh, ever recommended that but I'll off. to check that out. Very cool. Well, listeners, you can find all these great links Mike's been so kind to share on his Cars Yeah Show Notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Mike Finnegan, and that page will pop right up. All right, Mike, we are up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a bit of a doozy for a guy who loves cars like you. Today I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter where it is or who owns it. I'm gonna park it in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or shop equipment. The other is you have to drive it. No garage queens or uh no dust collecting on cars here. I don't think that's a problem for a guy like you. And it's the only cool collector car you can have in your garage.
1: So what can I buy you? Ooh. God, that's a hard question. There is no one car that covers all the bases, <laughs> but uh
0: I know. Well, that's what makes it a little more challenging.
1: Yeah, I know. So I, I'm going to pick one I've never experienced. Then a Pantera. They look. Oh. They look super cool. I've never been in one. I've never touched one. I've just stared at photos of them. I'd like to experience yeah. that. So hopefully that's well. the right car for me because I don't know anything about them. They just look cool.
0: You know, I think it's a good car for you, and I've got a a very good friend who's also a sponsor of this show, Chris Kimball. He's a financial advisor. He listens every day. He's got a big smile on his face right now because he has a Pantera. Uh He also has a Mini Cooper, and Chris is a rather tall guy. It's pretty funny to watch him get into that Mini Cooper and out. But the Pantera is probably a little harder to get into. But I love the Italian styling with the the big block American motor in there. I think that's a perfect thing for you. And there's a couple guys in the past I've had in the show that take took a Pantera and modified it into somewhat of like a resto mod type car, which is something I could probably see you playing around with. But you got to come out here to the Pacific Northwest and visit me, Mike, and I'll get Chris to come over and we'll take you for a ride in that Pantera. How's that sound?
1: Uh, deal. Thank you.
0: All right. Absolutely. You're always welcome here in Gig Harbor. Uh, very nice. Well, Mike, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for taking some time out. I know you have your day off today with your kids and I appreciate you. Taking a little time with me. Um, I wondered if you could give our listeners a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Pantera.
1: Life is short, make bad decisions. You only regret them once.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, uh, Fitting and Speed of Marine, and Roadkill?
1: Ah, well, you can find Roadkill at motortrend.com or motortrendondemand.com. You can find me on YouTube at Finnegan's Garage. And if you want behind-the-scenes stuff, head over to Instagram and look for at Finnegan999. That is my personal page.
0: Awesome. Listeners, I'll put all those links on Mike's show notes page so you can find him. Check out what he's doing. It's going to put a huge smile on your face. And be sure to join Mike and me at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, March 16th and 17th. I'll be the MC up on the celebrity stage. I'll be talking to Mike and About a dozen other celebrities at the show. You can uh, have some fun with us there. Over 2,000 cars, workshops. It's an awesome event. Make sure you check it out at theclassicautoshow.com. Mike, thanks for taking time out today and being so generous with your experiences with my listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Classic Auto Show. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars.